amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Screen Heroes. My name is Ray. I am one of your hosts. I am joined by the other two regular hosts, Ryan. Hi. And Derek. Yo. How are you boys? I'm all right. Yeah. Cool. Really happy to be here. You know. Bringing the excitement. Yeah. I'm only moderately happy to be here, but you know. This you is live his house, here. So yeah. So. This is what ha- episode 176 it's 176 times I've driven to this house. <laughs> Not true. Cause, no, because the first like 30 episodes weren't live streamed or something. Weren't they? Oh, no, I came, still came they over were still here. They were still here, uh-huh. but you missed like two episodes. There was one where we recorded it at your place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Right. And then you guys decided, well, we're never coming back. <laughs> Okay. Was a, why did we do that? I don't remember. Because of the because flooding. Your, yeah, your house was uh, flooded. Right. We didn't want to cancel. It would have been an underwater podcast. Uh, right. Snorkel Bring time. Bring your own snorkel. I was um, going to share one with you. Hot. As long as we can alternate well. You know? We can't. No. Um, all right. So do you guys want to like, talk about stuff? I'm just picturing an underwater like ghost scene. Like. That's right. <laughs> or like what's in the movies where they like take a, a suck off the scuba equipment and then put it on, like yeah. breathe it in the other person's mouth instead of putting it on. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Do it. Let's oh, no. Just... It was Splash. Oh, She kept yeah. breathing into his mouth to keep him conscious. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, why wouldn't they just stick the scuba equipment? Then I remember what I was thinking of. Did you know they made a sequel to Splash? Yes. A direct, direct yes. video. I never saw Splash it. Splash 2, keep on splashing. <laughs> Have you seen Splash, Derek? <laughs> no. Oh, that's going to be a, that's gonna be a fill, your, fill Our Holes segment. Splash is fun. Eugene Levy is... Top notch, man. Beautiful. Top notch. Yes. Those eyebrows are on fleek. Yes, they movie. always are. I mean, well, this is like ninety three or something. Oh or no, no, it's like eighty eight. Is it? I think mm. eighty eight, eighty nine. Well, it's very young Tom Hanks. It is. Yeah, the Burbs, Tom Hanks. Yeah, bosom well, I've buddies. Seen, I've seen the Burbs. The Burbs is great. Yeah, this yeah. stars Daryl Hannah alongside, and she plays a mermaid. That's right. And Eugene Levy 
believes she's a mermaid and he's trying to get proof, but he can't. So at one point, you know, he he like tries to attack her all these times. Yeah, it's really terrible. It's, it's pretty funny though because well, he's Levy, so you can, you can have, he's so incompetent. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a coyote me. in this. Yes, scenario. exactly. Yes, he is. Cool. How yeah. many times does he blow himself up? Not enough. That's oh, for that's sure. A shame. Yeah. But he does break his arm at some point in the middle of the movie. He does. You know? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> All right, that's enough about Splash. <laughs> Is it um, I don't think so. Splash 2. Electric Boogaloo. So, <laughs> no, it's Keep on Splashing. It's the Splashing. Splashing, I like it. The Little Mermaid almost didn't get made because they had just did Splash. Disney it's was like... Simil- there's a lot of similarities. Disney was like, we're not going to do two mermaid films in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it anyway. I wonder if that's going to be on Disney Plus, along with the direct-to-video sequel. I hope so. I hope Touchstone stuff is on there. We'll see. Okay, so news. <laughs> Let's talk news. We very rarely reminisce. Don't you're give right. me that look. Right. No, no, you're fine. All right, so news. News, news, news. Let's talk some news. What would you like to hit up first, Derek? I remember none of the news, so I'm relying on you guys. 100 percent guys are killing me all right well uh first um so there's been a lot of talk about the joker movie of course and we've talked about it a bit on the show warner brothers actually decided to release an official statement uh today and i'm not entirely sure of the the why today kind of thing but it did also come out today that the movie theater where the aurora shooting happened for the dark knight rises will not be showing the joker correct um and so maybe that had something to do with why warner brothers released a statement i don't know that's speculation but um i just thought i would uh, go kind of go through it real quick kind of give people the the rundown here so it says quote Gun violence in our society is a critical issue, and we extend our deepest sympathy to all victims and families impacted by these tragedies. Our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including Aurora, and in recent weeks, our parent company joined other businesses, other business leaders, excuse me, to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Brothers believes that no one, sorry, Warner Brothers believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult situations. Man, I am butchering this. Difficult conversations around complex issues. Make no mistake, neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. So, um, not really surprised by what they said, but... I actually thought it was a good statement. It is. It went yeah. through a lot of, like people looking at it before they released it and yeah it it was good it's it seems to be um very relevant it is not tone deaf it seems to um touch on the various aspects of the issue and take it seriously and still i mean they're they're obviously trying to walk the line between understanding the people that are upset by it and the concept of artistic freedom right and so i i appreciated it i thought that it was as as good of a statement as they could probably make. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I think in a perfect world, these movies could be shown without any ramifications. However, we've seen people just as of recently cite these kind of lunatic characters before they commit a heinous act. So I appreciate that some of the Aurora 
uh, victim's families reached out and talked to Warner Brothers. And I appreciate that Warner Brothers acknowledged it instead of just, you know, ignoring their their pleas. You know, you you don't get very far by ignoring things. So Mm -hmm. I am very glad that it went down the way it did. And I feel better about seeing the movie because I was one of the ones who was trepidatious about it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was the right thing to do, you know, with with the way the world is right now, you have to you have to stand one side or the other. You know, even big corporations like Walmart had to make decisions Mm -hmm. based on the current climate. And so, yeah, Warner Brothers ignoring it would have been a terrible idea. Uh, Todd Phillips, I think, did come out in the last week. The director of Joker Mm -hmm. came out in the last week and said that he couldn't picture his Joker fighting anybody, something along those lines. Which I thought was interesting. I think he was implying Batman. So I think I wonder if this film is, which is this film is pretty much guaranteed to be successful at this point. But um, I'm curious. Warner Brothers will try and shoehorn Batman in somehow. Well, I mean, so you're. I think you're right that he probably meant Batman. You have to be careful when you make a vague statement like that in a situation like this because someone could take it to mean literally anybody and that's that comes off very tone deaf but i don't think that's what he meant right um but this movie i mean warner brothers has tried to make it clear that it is supposed to not include batman like at all it's just supposed to include thomas wayne and bruce wayne and yeah i mean it's a gotham universe you know story but it's not part of so this is where terminology gets confusing right it's not part of the dceu which also is a term that doesn't exist anymore it's the worlds of dc which the joker is an offshoot of they're supposed to be these standalone non-continuity films and this is the first one of those unlike say the suicide squad or birds of prey which are supposed to be part of the continuity it's just suicide squad isn't it i thought it was the suicide i thought the suicide squad was what the other one was called it doesn't matter i don't know Um, (laughs) anyway so i mean i guess we'll have to wait and see of course but people are talking about how this is probably going to get phoenix a nomination for best actor it might even get a nomination for best picture it's interesting to me that when gotham decided to do a non-canon non-universe thing everybody hated the idea of that but then when joker comes out it's like oh yeah we're great with this you know i mean you know i'm not um that's true you know and i i didn't like the general public though had a lot of backlash towards gotham they did i mean they did but the show did go for multiple seasons you know a lot of shows die hard fans die it died off and got you know the axe especially it was a fox show right yeah i mean fox is known for canceling their fantasy and their sci-fi yeah yeah. very prematurely um some shows that could have been really great so i mean i don't know it it had a a base but i'm look we'll go see it we're gonna review it here on the show and because i i mean you know i have some concerns going into it but i can't judge a film i haven't seen so we'll get i guess we'll have to wait yeah in other DC news, speaking of Suicide Squad, James Gunn officially announced his entire cast. He did it yeah. via Twitter. Not like who they're playing, just no. unfortunately. No, the just cast all the actors. Members. It's absolutely huge. The only bit of information he gave with it is don't get attached to anyone. So I'm going to assume we're going to see a lot of deaths as opposed to just one. It's going to be the big stars, too, because he can't afford to have them for right. you know, a long period right. of time. Right. I imagine that, too. I bet. 
Margot Robbie lives. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a safe bet. And then uh, production started. They started filming the other day. Uh, Nathan Fillion, if you follow him on Twitter, he uh, posted a lot during... Well, he took a lot of selfies during his plane ride. I'm not quite sure if he posted them during his plane ride, but... Well, you know um, he sprung for the plane Wi-Fi. Yes, right, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I'm sure when you end up sense. on a superhero film, you get that Wi-Fi money. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, uh, there was a couple standouts for me on the cast list that... Who are you, you excited You guys about? might not be as excited about one of them. John Cena. I'm just going to say it. Look, <laughs> I'm not a wrestling fan, but I think... He he made me a fan in the way he handles himself in real life. Yeah. Um, he's a really good dude. He's granted more wishes for the Make-A-Wish Foundation than any other person in history. Yep. Um, and on top of that, he is pretty funny. Like, he is. In mov- if you've seen any, like, Blockers, I think was his most recent movie or one of his most recent movies, and I watched that, and it was pretty hilarious. So I was not on board the John Cena train until we saw Sisters with Tina Fey and Amy mm-hmm. Poehler. He comes in, and he plays this, like, very stoic drug dealer, and he does it so well. And Tina Fey the entire time is hitting on him and trying to get into his pants. And finally, he like goes for it, and it's hilarious. So yes, John Cena is. You're on board now. Yeah, You're on the Cena train. I am. Like like you said, as a person and as an actor, I'm behind him. Like I don't watch wrestling. I have no interest in it. I like good for him but if he's still all wrestling. Acting. Like that's why a lot of these wrestlers are transitioning easily, right? Right. You know, The Rock. Dave well, Batista, some of it has to do John with Cena? the kinds of roles. Like, Batista has shown that he can do some of the more serious, dramatic stuff pretty quickly. Yeah. Right? Um, and as much as I love Dwayne Johnson, he's never really done the, the hardcore, dramatic it's true, role. and John Cena has Or hardcore. You know, what? Porn. Hardcore oh, I mean, porn. Probably not. <laughs> I haven't looked. Um, but, really? You know, he he does the, the big action flicks, as we know. Right. Um, and some of the more fun, lighthearted stuff. So... You know, Cena, I mean, yeah, he seems like a really good person. So as long as the role fits his acting style, then I'm sure it's going to be fine. And then Taika Waititi is my other one that I'm very excited about. We don't know who he's playing, but come on. He's playing Korg. They're going to bring it all together. I I, don't, I actually don't care who he's playing. I just hope it's like a super obscure, super ridiculous, like Condiment Man yeah. or something well, like that. A lot of these characters. Or Condiment King. Is that what it is? Condiment King? I think so, yeah. yeah. A lot of these characters are obscure. I mean, even in the first film, a lot of them were fairly obscure. And this roster is significantly larger. So, But the more obscure, the funnier it will be, I think. The more obscure Possibly. and ri- ridiculous. That's possible. But yeah, I mean, other than like. Who are you excited about? I mean, Nathan Fillion's pretty cool. Uh, I'm really well, excited about James that. Gunn has put him Every in movie. Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. He was cut out of Guardians 2. So, like, finally, James Gunn gets to have the, him in a movie again. It's been since Slither. The only thing that kind of bums me out a little bit is I, I always thought he made a really good Green Lantern. Yes. You know, and so this probably means that's not going to happen. Not that it was going to happen, but at least there Unless was a he's playing a Green Lantern. Don't he did voice him multiple know, he times. He was great. He did a great job. Why yeah. couldn't Why couldn't a Green, Lan- Green Lantern be in the Suicide Squad? Look, here's the thing, Ryan. We know he's not. <laughs> here's so. the thing, Ryan. <laughs> okay. Just going to lay some truth bombs on we you. We know that's not what's going to happen because DC isn't that nice to me. That's so. true. They don't like <laughs> you. You wouldn't even have the Green Lantern if it wasn't for DC. Derek. Yeah, they had to create them so that way they could then crush me with it. That's true. So, oh. <laughs> Good point. 
Who are you excited for, Rachel? Flula Borg. Yeah, that's a weird I casting. I love him as a comedian, and I know he is going to stand in the background, have one line, and be super awkward, yeah, if and you don't then know who die. He is, he's a YouTube personality, yes. first and foremost. But I can't ever tell if he's acting. <laughs> like, I feel like it's an act. It is an act. And it's an inside joke. Like, he does it on talk shows, too. Like, that's he his does. voice. Like, I don't know. Yes. I haven't figured it out. He did it on The Good Place, too. Like, that's his shtick, and I'm okay with it. It's like Bobcat Goldthwait. That's his his shtick, so and he, people hire him for the shtick. Is that not his actual accent, though? I, no, he he's definitely... Okay. Uh, that's what I feel like. I German don't know, or Austrian, faking, I can't. Because he's really good at it if yeah. he's faking that, but... Anyway, no, I love. So Derek, is, Derek has no idea who that is. <laughs> I, no, I, I do. Oh, okay. I fell in love with him just that, I, he on at midnight. So, well, like he's a very seems like you a guys very sweet and fun person. You guys already mentioned the ones that like I'm oh, excited. Yeah. So this is like yeah. my next one. I'm, I'm just going in line here. And I think then it'd be cool if, if he ended up maybe being like a plastic man kind of guy. No, oh, they, they won't give great, a main character like a a. Ma- Plastic, Plastic Man is a, is a Justice League, right? I mean, has he? When was the last time he was in the Justice? I'm just League? saying, <laughs> I don't think they're going to give a Justice League character to Flula Borg. I'm sorry. I, here's what I think is possible. I think DC gave them a list of characters they couldn't use, and something tells me Blast Plastic Man wouldn't have been on that list. <laughs> I'm. I have the same sentiment that you do about Nathan Fillion about Idris Elba. Like, I'm tired of both of the major companies using him for side characters. Seriously. We know he's not going to be Deadshot just so in three, Will Smith could come back. But we also know that Hollywood is racist enough to where they're not going to have Elba and Smith next to each other. So whoever... I'd watch that. Right? It would be good. But that's the thing. I would like to see Idris in a more lead role. You know? I mean... Heimdall is awesome. More prominent but, role. Like, he's hardly in anything. Yeah. You just wanted to be Jon Stewart, Derek. We all know. We all want that. Like, Nathan come on, Fillion that would be amazing. And Idris Elba as Hal and John would be the coolest thing on the planet for me. That's perfect casting in my mind for those two characters. Well, we know it's not going to happen now unless they're both playing they're those both, characters in this movie. Those the, did, oh my god! Did either of you see Hobbs oh. and Shaw? No. no. He did, was the only reason I thought about right. it. Right. Did either of you spoil it for yourselves? Do you know no. how it ends? Well, I don't I, want to spoil it for our listeners. I don't. I didn't see it either. And I really wanted to know if Idris Elba was going to live. Because if he lives at the end, then I'll go see the next movie with that he's in. Because clearly. Furious isn't big on killing off their characters unless you're No, on. they like to keep them. Unless you're on. Yeah. <laughs> and then- All right. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
they're I pee do, on. Then they're going to do a giant time jump so they can bring him back and then not Bunch care of when he gets flashbacks killed. and stuff like that. So, yeah. The Fast and the, look up the Fast and the Furious timeline sometime. It is wacky. That's how they make their money. It yes. Is. Um, by wackiness anyway. what's next on our list so uh we'll just we'll continue down the dc route here a little bit so um, my god michael rosenbaum as lex luther will not be in crisis on infinite earths on the arrow he had a wonderful statement about it yeah i so saw it too he, that article Derek linked i didn't think i saw that statement in there maybe i did or maybe i just missed it, it but it, it, no that's it, what it's i an saw embedded oh okay image that may not have loaded. it didn't show up on mobile so yeah he he, oh, full, he fully admits that they approached him, but right now it sounds like they don't have a script for the crossover. So they couldn't tell him what he was going to be doing, how much money this was all going to be, how long and when he was going to be on set. And because he was by his dad's hospital bed, he passed on it. It just didn't seem like a good well, thing for him at the time. To answer that day. Right. Um, there was pressure so he passed and i i completely get it i honestly would have passed too without that much detail and you know being well, in a let's personal get real, situation though. michael rosenbaum does not exactly have roles flying at him all the time he's not been in much since he, smallville he, he does a lot of voice acting but I, I mean i can understand though being told hey we need an answer from you today we don't know what you're going to be doing or when it's going to be filmed well like, but i think yes i think that? part of that is because this is I mean, you've said it yourself that this could be the biggest thing DC's ever done. I agree. They have, you know, all these characters from all these different universes. They probably can't really write it until they know exactly who they have on board because they don't want to, like, have it with no Lex Luthor and then have Michael Rosenbaum come in and be like, oh, now we have to rewrite all this crap to be. I understand that, but I I also know that they've been planning this for quite some time. But we don't know what level of planning. Like, it could be we're just going to do this and that's it. We don't beyond that. You're right. You're right. I just. There, there, in my mind, there are certain characters or actors that you would think would have been contacted with more lead time, you know. And if you're gonna have a Lex Luthor who isn't the one on Supergirl right now, who else is it going to be? If there's only one other guy who who's done it on live action TV who's around to do it, you know, like it's him, it's Michael, and he's the best one in my opinion. Anyway, what about so, the one for Superman Returns? You mean Kevin Spacey? Yes. No, he, first off, it's Kevin Spacey, and that's a problem. <laughs> Second off, back then he was terrible. In that I'm just role. saying that there is still one that's alive. I said, I said TV. Okay. But, oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Live action. I, I was guess. Gonna I was going to say thinking. Gene Hackman's not dead. Yeah, Gene Hackman. True. Still, yeah, like, yeah, they're not bringing in the movie stars. I mean, you know, but Gene Hackman's been retired. <laughs> They'll have him shove Jolly Ranchers <laughs> in everybody's mouth one at a time. Anyway, so it, unsettling. It, let's let's move on. Uh, we're <laughs> we're uh, bad. And then the last bit uh, for DC is... Uh, the they, rumors! Well, no, this this is legit. So they're doing another backdoor pilot in the Arrowverse. Oh, that... Oh, I'm sorry. But is I it really we were... a backdoor pilot if it's the last episode of Arrow? It's not the last episode. It, it, the sentence is worded very poorly in the article that we were looking at. It, it's in the final season, not final episode. Okay. So it's it, it'll be a backdoor pilot in the final season of Arrow for a Canaries show. So let me tell you guys why I think this is a bad idea. Oh, I've got and a couple I'm going to preface this by saying I like all the canaries on Arrow, and Black Canary is one of my favorite female uh, superheroes, it, it's period. True. So in this last season of Arrow, they've been doing flash forwards right. with Mia. And in those flash forwards, you also see 
uh, Dinah as an old lady. Cool. That's still active as Black Canary, right? My problem is I don't want her to be old lady Black Canary in this whole season of... In her own show. Yes. And they would also have to do Laurel as old lady Black Canary. because unless The only way to do it would be to bring Mia back to like current in time. times. But it says it takes place in the future in the article, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, I don't think we have that level of detail yet. I hope we don't have that level of detail. I mean, I assume this is the backdoor pilot would be post crisis on infinite earths and that is going to change whatever they feel like sure. changing and that's what i hope happens right? so um yeah i mean i don't think we actually know exactly when the show would take place a lot of people had issues with uh ms smokes and oliver's daughter in the future uh, they didn't like the actress or didn't like the way she was handled something like that um and i didn't mind her i actually thought she looked more like the black canary than either of the current actresses mm-hmm. and that she would be good and she even wore like kind of fishnetty pants since like oh, the cool. comic one but she's apparently going to be taking the green arrow mantle right according to the statement which i'm fine with it's just I, and, the, and also they're leaving out white canary right the original yeah. canary sarah lance is still on legends and she's still going to be on legends as far as we know um so she can drop in from time to time yeah, she can. You're dismissed. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just throw her into that show with she, her sister? The, she is the lead on Legends of Tomorrow. Like, it's her show. Really. Only because all the other leads have been written out. Like, that's true, they too. Did this I, I mean, that, that's fair. I'm not arguing that, but it is, it is the, the case, though. Like, after Brandon Routh leaves, it, she's the lead. The only lead left, really. Mm-hmm. Nick Rory. He's not an interesting lead, but I mean, he's one of the originals. He's one of the originals, but she could lead her own show kind of thing, right? Like the other characters, I don't know that they can. And a lot of them are on Legends of Tomorrow because they couldn't. Well, it's just annoying that the show's called, or they're talking about the show being called the Canaries or whatever. And the the first Canary and arguably the best of them is not going to be a part of it. Well, I think we all know that she'll show up in at least one episode and make a comment about that. I'm sure. So... (laughs) Because if anything, the Arrowverse likes to be meta. I am curious how they're going to have like two canaries with basically the same powers. I mean, how's that any different than like Batman well, she, and Robin? She can t- like take down Batman in hand-to-hand combat in the comics a lot of the time. She's very good. She can definitely beat Oliver. She's one of the best martial artists. So then you have two people that have le- that level of skill and two people that have the same power. Well, if they do the time also jump. Also with the Green Arrow, maybe, essentially. Maybe if they do the time jump, they can bring in some villains from Batman Beyond. Maybe. I just don't want to see old man or old man, old woman, Dinah and uh, Laurel, because that is depressing. It seems like an extra expense, too, to have to age up two of your three leads in every single episode. Mm -hmm. It is. Plus, like a lot of the draw for these shows is the attractive people. And when you age them up, they are no longer as attractive as they are when they're not aged up so yeah. seems like they'd be shooting themselves in the foot in a lot of ways to i that. imagine it'll make more sense after crisis probably so. anyway rachel i want to hear if, if your reasons are the same as mine or i don't think the story is good enough to hold up for multiple seasons i think they've got like one maybe two seasons if they don't come up with something really creative but i agree it's maybe. gonna be tough 
Unless it's, if it's in the future, then there's a bunch of stuff we don't know about in the future. So that would be a good way to do it. <laughs> but that's where the aging thing, because yeah. not only these women do not have the bodies of 70, 80 year old women. So right. while they can totally put a ton of really good prosthetics on their face and that can be 100 percent practical, they still need body doubles for sitting, standing, like doing anything else. And uh, they just don't like you're having four actresses play two characters. It's not practical. So I don't think the story holds up. I don't think the characters have ever been strong enough to hold a show of their own. Maybe all three of them combined can do a season, but I would rather them do a birds of prey show for real. Yeah. I mean, this is probably about the closest we'll get to that. Unfortunately, Uh, bring back Huntress because she was amazing. She was, but they didn't write her very well, and I don't know. But the actress was good, and like the way she looked was good. But but they're gonna want to steer clear of that until they see the movie does. And if the movie's gonna get sequels, then they're not gonna really want to watch that. Well, there's no need to have competing properties. I get that, but at the same time, a Birds of Prey show would be, I think, better than a Birds of Prey movie. I mean, they already did that, and it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. Wow. It was not. It was a while ago. Old Lady Harley Quinn was weird, man. <laughs> All right, so is there any other news we want to cover before we uh, take a break? Uh, Jeffrey Wright and Jonah Hill are rumored to be in the Batman. Um, yeah, in the Batman community. Well, the bad apples in the Batman community are freaking out because... Jeffrey Wright's Yeah, black. why do we need a black, al- or a black Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, there aren't any black cops. That would be weird. Well, their their argument is that he's never been black in the comic book. Who cares? Oh my god, I so don't care. Every Batman has been so different. Like, just give me the best actor that you have available for the vision that you have for that character in that movie, and I'm happy. I don't care. They can be black. They can be an alien. For all I care, I don't really. I just want it to be a good movie and a good story. And yeah. Jeffrey Wright's a good actor. Yeah, there's there's nothing about the character of Commissioner Gordon that race should have any bearing on. Like he's a police commissioner, and sometimes he and Batman are on good terms. Sometimes they're not. So we don't know which version this is going to be, right? But I don't understand why the color of his skin would impact that in any way. So yeah, if Jeffrey Wright had a good audition and you thought yes, he's good for our script, then great. So <laughs> here's the thing. The reason why white characters get adapted to be different races, different ethnicities all the time is because when these characters were created, white was the default. It was the standard. All your characters were white unless the story called for it, unless the writer was like, I'm going to make this African character and their Nigerian background is going to be huge and instrumental. And they're going to have black in their name. And that way, like you could never change that character's race because you fundamentally change the character. Batman could be any color. Could be an Indian man, could be a Polynesian man, could be a Vietnamese man, and it wouldn't change his background because he's still an orphaned rich boy who grew up with, you know, sociopathic tendencies and a need to help people. So there's there's the reason why you can change white characters because the whiteness is not part of the character. But unfortunately, when we created, when they created characters of color, 
it was always part of their background and it's you can't remove it so that's why it happens this way and not the other way and you should just get over it and enjoy the content because it's never going to ruin what's already come before you know how mad they would be if we have a black commissioner gordon and then we have a black bat girl because barbara gordon i mean that would really piss off some batman fans I didn't even think about that. Natalie Emanuel. Uh, or be Barbara mixed, Gordon. I mean, a mixed race. Make it happen. Bar- uh, Barbara Gordon would be great. Yeah. Natalie Emanuel. Make it happen. But I mean, Ray, even like all those points are really important. But on top of that, there's also the fact that POC characters, there's just less of them. Yeah. And if you want to start casting more diverse people into your movies to have a better cultural blend, you're going to have to change the origin so to speak of some of these characters because there just aren't enough to go around right you know that's just the reality of all the bat characters there's one that's a black guy that's batwing and he was created within the last 10 years yeah he was 21st century for sure i think it was new 52 most people still don't really know about him and like that's it right Mm -hmm. you look at the justice league lineup and you take john jones out for a minute because he's an alien and you have Cyborg. Cyborg's the one black guy who's in the lineup for the Justice League. Yeah. You know, like, th- there aren't a lot of people John there. Stewart? Well, he's not usually a founding member of the Justice League. He's usually... Cyborg in... isn't usually a founding member of the Justice League either, just in the New 52 or whatever. Well, no, he's been a founding member for a while now. John John Stewart was in the cartoons, but that's usually because Hal was off doing other things. Like, as a founding member, I don't think John Stewart's ever been a founding member. Of the seven? I don't think so. Okay. I'd have to double check, but... Either way, those we characters to. were created with purpose to diversify. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the Green Lanterns are you know more diverse, because at least there's there's two black guys, and there's a... Um, there's Jessica Cruz and yeah. Simon Boz. Right. So, you know, there's at least... Isn't some... Simon Boz Muslim? He is. So there's at least some more diversity with the Green Lanterns, but, you know... And there's also a whole lot of aliens... There's a lot of Which aliens. is very diverse. It is. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to get back to our conversation of Masters of the Universe coming up. Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and The Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays coming in September. 
Hey everyone, we are back. We are going to talk about Masters of the Universe. Yes, the Dolph Lundgren movie that Dolph Lundgren's barely in. I <laughs> when I watched it, I was like, he had like twelve minutes screen time. It's not that little, but it's not that much. It's less than half, probably, yes. of the movie. Yes, Courtney oh, Cox has more screen Courtney time. Courtney Cox and her random guy friend robert duncan mcneil man tom paris from star trek voyager that means nothing to me well it should mean something 33 minutes though come on we were there is a lead star trek actor in this movie it was going to come up (laughs) Um, i would like a word count though for dolph and kind of i would not because that would force (laughs) somebody to actually listen to the things he said and (laughs) that was by far well i can't say that was by far the worst part of the movie because there's a lot of rough stuff in this movie Okay, so I, so I haven't watched this movie since I was a child. Same. Being honest. And I remembered a lot of it. Nice. But in rose-colored glasses kind of way. Sure. But the things that I remember that I liked, that I still like, the main thing is the theme song. Yeah. Like the, the main the super- theme Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Superman theme? <laughs> yeah, it's not the Superman theme, but it's, it's similar. It's so close. But it, 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 I, that's one thing I miss about 80s TV shows and movies is yeah. that they had awesome theme songs, easily identifiable. Thundercats, the real Ghostbusters, a He-Man, you know, all these shows. I agree. Transformers, Voltron. yeah, are they all had. You mean just the He-Man themes. theme song is not for non-blondes? I mean, now it is. But <laughs> what's going on? Uh, that so the opening credit sequence is pretty great. Like it's flying through space and it's very Superman-y. You know, like yeah, it sounds more like they were trying to rip off the Superman theme, but they. We already said that while you were on your phone. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> But I thought I was going to put that to what Ryan was telling us before we started recording. Oh, sure. So yeah. that I was thinking that about the theme song until Ryan told me. Which part of this? The, 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 the theme was song the same part. composer as uh, as Rocky? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's And really then also the same producers as Superman for at least. Well, so. that explains something. Oh, that, okay, that's not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were doing it at the same time, if I'm not mistaken. So. Oh, so... I wonder which one suffered. <laughs> I think maybe both. Oh, both. I'm just going to say. Both movies suffered. Uh, okay. Superman 4 is worse in my opinion. Okay. All right. If I, like, if I, I do want to give, I do want to hear like a, an overall rating of this movie at the end because I'm curious where sure. it falls for you guys. But um, 
Yeah, like you, this was something that Honest Trailers covered that I thought was interesting. Is that you had the writer of the Dark Crystal mm-hmm. in this movie, mm-hmm. you had the composer of uh, Rocky, you had the producers of Superman Four, which isn't really a big feather in its cap, but like a lot of those things were not great, right? The writing was not good. No, the the the, the, well, the score was pretty decent, I thought actually for an eighties movie. Yeah, score was good, but the writing and maybe it was. Dolph Lundgren that made the writing bad because and Frank Langella sold the hell out of anything that was written for him. I I mean it's it's tough because like mo- most of these characters were pretty young at the time, you know, so it was kind of their first big break, and I think that was a bad combination. Actors, like when you think you said characters, yeah, when Sorry. you think about the uh, the role of He Man in the eighties, there's probably like five actors maybe that could pull that off mm-hmm. well arnold wasn't gonna Actually, do it because well. he had already done conan arnold wouldn't do it right because of that yeah who else are you thinking i mean sylvester stallone was pretty ripped around that time they would have had to give him some like could you imagine his voice in that character <laughs> it, no but <laughs> it couldn't have been worse than dolph lundgren um, but at least they were trying something new i'm just thinking of all like the action stars in that time I think Dolph Lundgren was probably the best choice of what they had, unfortunately. Right. But maybe that's why his role was so small. Maybe. He looked great. I'll I'll say that all day and I'll go to the grave with it. And yes. I don't even think it's a hot take because I think he looked no. great as He-Man. He's one of the few characters that I thought looked amazing. That yeah. was really well translated. And for somebody that just has their titties out the entire time, like that's pretty... <laughs> Uh, that's pretty impressive, you know. I will say that uh, Man of Arms and Tila looked like really bad Mando ripoffs. Yeah, like they they looked out of Star Wars and not good Star Wars, like the holiday special Star Wars. Mm. And I was thinking more Starship Troopers. They looked very Starship Troopers, close, maybe, maybe yeah. not as good. Um. I mean, his helmet certainly looks like the ones they end up using in Starship Troopers. Yeah. But. I mean, all their uh, henchmen for Skeletor and. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's Darth's helmet. Well, like, they, they look. 100%. They, they actually look really close to the ones who fire the Death Star laser. The yes. ones who don't have the railing that they joke about on the Family Guy parody. Right? It looks just like those guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, this movie was clearly influenced by Star Wars, like everything else was at that time, too. So I, I watched it's... this with my girlfriend, and she has some familiarity with He-Man, but she hadn't seen this movie. And so when we watched it, I, sh- I was like, okay, so this is what the character is supposed to look like. Right. Which I showed her Man-at-Arms. Mm. And she could, I kind of see it, right? Yeah. But then I showed her Tila, and she was like, oh... Yeah, Man at Arms, like I think, is as good as that was probably going to get for an. 80s yeah, I don't really want movie. him in like those bright colors in no. a real movie. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, him, He Man, and Skeletor visually look fine. Skeletor. I mean, considering they were, you could see like his nose behind you the could. thing, and yes, maybe that's just because it's sometimes an HD you could now. see his lips. I think that's part of it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm also trying to put it in its time. Right, it's 1987. You know, so CGI had been used in like Labyrinth to make an owl, right? You know, and Ghostbusters. For, yeah, like that's what it looked like back then. You know, so they weren't going to use any CGI on his face. 
there was gonna have to be prosthetics and you can see like the spot like his prosthetics where his actual skin was <laughs> yeah they clearly times. weren't hiring the people that you know were doing i don't know star wars or star trek or gremlins or anything like that you know they didn't have the budget for it right you know but beyond the makeup, though, Frank Langella, like, he chewed up the scenery in this movie. By far, probably the best part of the movie for me. Frank Langella is the reason to watch this film. Yeah, he 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 went... <laughs> he like, is! If you take, like, the most classically trained actor that you have, and you put them in a, such a ridiculous role, and know that they will completely commit to that role. That's what we got here. So he did it for the love of his uh, son at the time. His son was a huge He-Man fan. He accepted the role and went balls deep into it to please his son. And I can respect that motivation. Similar to M. Bison in uh, the Street yes, Fighter movie. Yes, Raul Julia. That is going role. to be on... Our list of awesome. bad movie discussions, by the way. Um, but I, I can appreciate an actor who's going into something and giving it their all. You know, and I'm not saying that the other actors in the film didn't give it their all. Like, so, um, Monica, mm-hmm. Courtney Cox, Courtney Cox, thank you, Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil. This was legitimately their first film. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're brand new to movies and they didn't really do much before this. Uh, she had done a handful of odd TV episodes, like one or two episode appearances. And he had been in like two other TV things. So like they're new actors. Right. Right. So they were not bad for what they were given. Yeah. The whole earth storyline was completely unnecessary and it was very obvious that it was done because of budget issues. They couldn't do the entire movie on Eternia. So, so he, he, here's when they were pitching this movie. This is how I picture it being like, okay, guys, we're going to make a He-Man movie because we made these action figures and they're great and that made a TV show and it's great. So now we're going to take their money because we're going to make a movie. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you, Rachel. Perfect. Yeah. I'm here's what we're going to do. Good we know pitch. We know what people want about He-Man. Muscles. Yes. We're going to get Dolph Lundgren. A great. You know what else we're going to get? Nipples out. Nipples out all day. <laughs> we're also going to give him a sword. I'm on. That this he's only going to use to hold in his other hand while he's shooting a gun. Because no. kids no. love He-Man using guns and not swords. I want you to stop. Get out of my office. No. We're going we're <laughs> to take it a step wait, further. Wait, 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 hang on, hang on. Only okay. half the movie <laughs> is going to be about He-Man. The other half is going to be on Earth and be a love story. Between two teenagers. It's a really bad love story, by Also, <laughs> we're going to not have Orko. We're going to have this random gremlin that runs around and follows them around. How dare you, sir? How dare you speak to me in such a tone? Okay, so, anyway, so, that's so, how I think the, the And no battle cat? Is there right, battle cat? No battle cat in this movie. <gasps> tried to use the sword, but they didn't know how to use the right? sword. <laughs> yeah, the choreography was atrocious. Like, there's this scene where they're fighting, like, in that junkyard. And there are so many cuts and so many close-ups that I'm not convinced they were ever in the room at the same time. Yeah, or that so- Dolph Lundgren was actually holding the sword during any of that. Like, there's a couple times when it reflects blaster-like shots yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Use it for that while he's trying to get up close. Do something. Like, He-Man, it doesn't use a gun. Right. He uses his power sword. That's what the whole character is based on. Yeah, the sword's not even right, and he doesn't even, yeah. 
But, I mean, clearly they didn't have anybody on set to do any type of sword choreography. No, they had a they had a stunt really. choreographer, most likely a stunt supervisor of yeah. some kind. And that he was He wasn't familiar it. with sword play. Right. That was I mean, upsetting. Either that or the actors were just really bad at it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they were. I, I mean, we don't know how much time they had to prepare. Like, these days, actors, you know, train. Like, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves trained for weeks for John Wick and gunplay and different things like that. They didn't get to do that type of stuff back then. They didn't think it was necessary. Truly, in their head, they thought this was a kid's movie to push toys. Well, I'm sorry, but the Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil toys aren't going to sell. Did they so, make toys based on the movie? Not that I know. If of, they, yeah. well, the movie bombs. So, but sure. But usually the toys would have been in production already. Maybe. So I, here's the last half of the pitch. Oh my God, we're still going. Oh, I'm no so Battle upset. Cat. We we're going to get rid of that. Nobody likes Battle Cat, right? That's the worst. <gasps> I love also, no Prince Adam because that. Gives kids something to relate to. We don't want them to relate to being able to uh, turn from a nerd into something awesome. They didn't have time for that. We don't want that. But what we're going to do, stay with me here. We're going to film the very last battle in complete darkness so that you can't tell anything that's going on. (laughs) Also, then... That just sounds like it'll save money. We'll save budget because the whole background, we won't really have to do anything. It'll just be shapes and red light. It's perfect. (laughs) This... Is going to make us rich. All right. Well, so, just, you know, is Evil Lynn going to wear her purple outfit or is it going to be like sparkly ice skater stuff? We're going to make her have a hot glue helmet <laughs> that we paint silver. <laughs> and then we're going to make her look like a figure skater. Well, I need you to hire Meg Foster because her eyes are insane. Okay. Done. All right. Thanks. You can That's get her, pitch. right? Thanks for being a part of that, Derek. <laughs> You could play along with us. Yeah, I thought you were going to dive in there like as my assistant or something. No, because I mean, because a lot of these things happen because of of massive budget problems, right? So the fight scene at the end that you're talking about, as terrible as it is, as stripped down as it is, wasn't the original plan. You know, they ran out of money and had to stop production and they were able to start it up enough just to shoot it like that. You know, so I was trying to actually pull up the film to see what what its actual box office looked like because I hadn't done that before. Um, But, you know, the budget was a big piece of it. Like they have this one downtown strip, right, that they spend most of the movie in. You know, again, it was a budget thing. You know, they didn't have to go anywhere. They didn't have to build more sets or shoot on different locations. And that saved them a fortune. This movie was constantly plagued with money problems in a decade where there were a lot of films in this genre that were doing really well. You know, I think that was a a big piece of that problem. I mean, anything that wasn't physically there also just looked even worse, right? So the ship transports that they have, which look like they bought them at like Jabba the Hutt's estate sale or something, (laughs) uh, like those looked like they had been just like pasted on the screen. Right, they were pretty bad. Or like, what were the little, um, like the floating hoverboard things? Remember the hoverboard scene? Oh, we remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was some of the worst green screen work I've ever Go seen. Go look that budget up. Here's, here's the middle part of the pitch. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What else do he, people like about He-Man? I'm going to stop you right there. They do not like any of the cool villains. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give them Beast Man because that's easy. We just He's all right. slap a bunch of hair on somebody and it's good to go. 
But can you give me a white dude covering knives? We are going to make a character called Blade. I'm so glad you brought this up. Never in any He-Man lore, but we're basically just going to duct tape a bunch of knives onto this guy. All right. And call him Blade. Kids are going to love it. I I think that's a bold move. Really risky. And then we're going to have another guy that nobody's ever heard of that okay. I can't even remember what he looked like. And I just watched the movie like three days ago. If I remember right, maybe Skeleton Lizard or something like that. Oh, well, he yeah. dies. He, he dies. Yeah. He was, I think, supposed to be like a humanoid snake. Okay. He had like a weird throat thing. Which there actually on, was one eyes. of in He-Man. Yeah. But he's wearing a helmet because they couldn't do all the prosthetics. Right. <laughs> it looked like that's who, like what they wanted. But it was weird. Like the movies made like they only got some of the rights. So you when <laughs> she's introducing all of them, I legit have a blade fl- laser blazer. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I yeah, legit had a flashback to dodgeball. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Okay, um, so here's the last part of that middle part of the pitch. So, Karg. We're gonna have He Man flying around on a hoverboard. But here's where it gets good. We're just going to take a picture of Dolph Lundgren and we're going to tape it to a black (laughs) bottle cap. And then we're going to dangle it with a piece of string over some green screen. And we don't even have to pay him to be there. That seems like the best part to put a cat in the movie. Just, yes, you know, I like where you're going with this. Get battle cat in there. We're going to work that in. No, we're not. We're going to just have him fly around on a hoverboard. So here's what's interesting. The movie's budget was $22 million. Which in 1987 isn't that terrible. I'm going to guess no. 18 million of that was spent on cocaine. <laughs> and the other 4 million was spent on the key thing. Now, it, it made a grand total of 17.3 million in its run. It never released internationally, so that's domestic only. So when you actually look at it, it's not as big of a flop as they would kind of like lead us to believe, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? No, that's definitely a flop. That <laughs> seems like a flop um, to me. It, I mean, nowadays that wouldn't fly, but twenty-two million is what we give to indie pictures now. So, I mean, it's crazy how yeah. much inflation has affected the Hollywood movie industry. But back then, twenty-two, like it should have looked better for twenty-two million dollars. But the story could have been much tighter and different. You didn't have to explore Eternia. You didn't have to introduce every single uh, villain. Like you could have done this. On a smaller scale in the story, been better. Like the Shira cartoon is on a much smaller scale with new characters being introduced every like three or four episodes as opposed to every episode. Well, it's it's weird because this movie is simultaneously on a massively grand scale and an incredibly small scale at the same it's time. It's much bigger than what they should have done. Sure, like, but like, it's, it's, it's hard to say that when like most of the movie takes place on that one road yeah. in a music store, you know, that they have to blow up. You know, like that's most of the movie is in dark streets and, uh, you know, this little block neighborhood. The rest of it's what you're you're shooting like in like some desert mountain type areas and then you have the throne room and that's really the only thing that would have been particularly expensive to build right everything else could have and everything else basically could have been shot on site okay so what's one thing from this film aside from frank langella that you enjoyed i always love the concept of the key the cosmic key i always thought i know it like has nothing really to do with the show but i always really liked the concept of the key i always thought it was designed really cool and the music was really neat and just 
theoretically the idea. I like that everybody just accepted that it was Japanese technology. Yes. <laughs> and, like, nobody questions this. Well, I mean, that kind of seemed to track, though. Like, what else did you think it was? You're not going to assume it's, like, an alien device. I'm not going to probably just go, oh, it's Japanese. Well, but in the 1980s, though, that type of tech was I brand guess. new. And it was all, like, J- Japan was the forefront of synthi- synthesizer technology. So, I mean, I didn't that... follow synthesizer technology in the 80s. So I <laughs> That's, guess... like, the most believable part of the movie is, is that part. <laughs> Ryan, how about you? I mean, I'm just going to stick with how He-Man looked and the sword. Okay. And actually, the the part where he actually finally said, I have the power, I thought that was really great. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, of all his lines, that was the best line he had. Yes, he delivered that well. Yeah. He did? I, I thought, thought he so. he delivered it really poorly. Like It's almost like when I listened to it, it was like he left a word out. <laughs> I didn't think so. I liked it. It sounded like he just said, I have power. No, I mean, that's, that, that is an issue maybe you had with it. I did not. I thought that was great, and it was very nostalgic. Um, and, like, the graphics for it were a little rough, just like everything else in the movie. But it yeah. looked fine. Like, looking at it now and going, okay, this came out in 1987, it was fine. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's probably the best part for me. Had we all seen this as kids? Yes. Okay. So, Ray, what about you? I love the fact that Tila looked directly into the camera and said, woman at arms, and nobody got on the internet to bitch. There wasn't an internet to bitch at. I know. It's so great. They would have if there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. If that movie was released yesterday, (laughs) incels would have lost their mind that she just said that line, that she had the audacity to stare at them. (laughs) Can we also talk about, okay, so I guess we never actually see He-Man eat in this movie. No. But we see everybody else eat, and it's implied that all the food on Eternia is vegetables. And we're supposed to believe that He-Man... Can have that diet? Can have this body with a vegetable diet. I think Tila's vegetarian. Her and her dad are probably vegetarian most of the time. Though, Man-at-Arms seems like he'll eat whatever. Right, he's a soldier, Um, essentially. Yeah, yeah. He he comes off a little more like a fun frat guy than a soldier in most of the in that part really? of the, in that particular part when he talks about food he doesn't. I like, just took it as like he's been to other planets and this you just have to eat what's given well, to that's you fair, and not think it, about it. It. It, does, it does sound like that was just a specific like they didn't know what they were eating. Not that they've never been around it. Like the concept of eating animals, right? You know what I mean? I don't know. It seemed to me like she's never been around the concept of eating animals. I just don't I'm buy sure that He-Man could have it. a body like that I, without I think... eating a hundred chicken breasts a day. A <laughs> hundred. He least. cuts water like Hugh Jackman. That's what he I does. mean, that's only that only gets you so far. Did it bother either of you that Gwildor drinks the barbecue sauce? It is all over him. And in the very next scene, he's completely clean, like not a napkin in sight. Because it bothered me. No. I was very I'm sure upset. he has an invention for it. I actually very thought upset. the prosthetics for Gwildor were pretty good, other than the fact that he couldn't actually move his lips, like, at yeah. all. But, like, even in the up-close shots in this HD mm. version that we have now in 2019, the prosthetics looked pretty good. They held up. The skin tone was even. You couldn't see the edges yeah. in most of the scenes. Gwildor by himself is a fine character, fine looking. He looked like he belonged in Legend or Willow instead because he was just that much better. Gwildor as a replacement for our Orko is very upsetting. And I feel like Orko could have been done like much cheaper. You wouldn't need yeah. prosthetics. You don't really ever see his face. It's, right. You know, 
He, it does uh, have to float, so I guess you'd have to work around that. The but the Gwildor creates a bunch of plot problems for the movie, though. He does. So time travel type stuff. Well, not t- not necessarily time travel type stuff. But we, we'll get to that because because there is some of that. That's a huge problem for me that I didn't remember from being when I watched it as a kid. But um, the the two keys. There's the cosmic key, and then there's the prototype of the cosmic key, which Evil Lynn has. So here's the problem. In the beginning of the movie, when you know everything is going to hell, and He Man and them find Gwildor, and Gwildor takes them to his little shop shed place to get the prototype key, they get attacked at that place, and he says that they're here for the key. And then later, Skeletor had no idea that there was a second key. Also, the <laughs> grappling hook that just randomly flies in the portal and grabs that exactly, and then slings it back in. Like, come on. It's invention gravity power? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or so- ribs. In some <laughs> scenes, it's affected by gravity, and in some, it's not. It just, like, zeroes in on its target. It was the key, the key thing is what really bothered me, though, because he was, Skeletor was so surprised that there was a second key. Then what were they looking for at Gwildor's place, then? They were probably trying to capture Gwildor so that he couldn't make another key. I mean, is that, I guess... I mean, they don't I they don't say that, but I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. And then know, he has another key. Me. But let's talk about the time travel oh, for God. a minute, shall we? Is it worse than Endgame time travel? Um, it's 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 worse than Endgame time travel because the entire movie shouldn't have happened, right? Right. Versus the way Endgame ends gets a little funky, but yeah. most of the movie can still, still make take sense. Place. Yeah. Right, so the problem with this one is at the very end of the movie. I mean, the movie is over. Everyone can just go home, and at least the movie is consistent within itself, as good or bad as that is. But then there's a throwaway line about him being able, Gwildor being able to take Monica and Tom Paris anywhere in time and space, and they're like, "Oh no, we don't want to do that." And it's kind of a throwaway line, so you don't really think about it too much. And then right as they're about to leave, that all changes. Mm-hmm. And she goes back home and has the happy ending where her parents are still alive. And you find out that her dad's apparently a terrible pilot and that everyone gets a happy ending. Then why not just go back in time and stop Skeletor to begin with? Like, why are you? Yes, that is the issue. Why don't you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? No, like... no, 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 no. Not, I'm not talking about baby Hitler. I'm talking about, like, you need the key. Just travel back in time to get the first key. And then Skeletor never gets the key. And he never takes over Castle Grayskull. Like, it's super easy. And yeah. it only becomes a problem in literally the last 90 seconds before the happy ending. Like so the, this isn't like Terminator where the whole thing's based on time travel and you could have that argument or back to the future. Like they, they create time travel in the last five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. In this movie, based on what we've seen, could you picture He-Man living in Castle Grayskull? No. There's skulls everywhere. And like, and I get it. It's called Castle Grayskull, but this was clearly designed for Skeletor. Yes. So that was difficult well, for no, me. There's like fire pits and like... It, does he live there? Because it's... it's um, um, Snake Mountain. Well, it's not woman. Sorceress uh, who's living there either. Like, yeah, she's like, not living there? Uh, it, no. A sorceress is like the most beautiful snowbird ever. She would have throw pillows. Like, she at, would the not end have... the, at the end of the movie, that's her throne and everything. The I, movie is weird with that. But yeah. That's I her mean, place. But either way, do you, can you picture Sorceress living in there? 
It's that was clearly my point. made for Skeletor. Like, like the it, set was built for yeah, Skeletor. Sorceress w- would not have like lava pits and right. you know I'm skulls she everywhere. Built it, you know, she inherited it from whoever. Built I'm just it saying, in a design aspect, you you know, when you're designing these things for a movie, you would probably take into account her personality when you're talking about the place she would live. And yes, you're right. She could have just taken the skull infested, lava filled castle over but mm-hmm. it doesn't really make much sense in terms of design i mean there's me. a well a lot of things don't sure. make sense like the the eye that opens up because of the moon being in the right position but that lasts like 20 minutes of the movie when they're trying to like she's supposed to be dying but it takes a really long time and also sorceress what did they do to you why would they do that to you i did like the aging aspect i thought that was kind of yeah cool. it was cool but like she doesn't look anything like her beautiful snowbird yeah so what did you guys think of the end credit scene (laughs) man they were hopeful (laughs) yeah it was like the original stinger who saw that in theaters i want to know who sat through that movie and then sat through the credits to see that scene no you know for a fact that some kids let their vhs just play out was like oh all right sure but i mean in the theaters did any human being see it in theaters no i meant that was the first time it was, that was shown like that was the first time a human had witnessed that it was like the bless ring you video. franklin jella for trying your hardest we yeah it was never he could happen. play Skeletor right now, and I'd be fine with it. With all those budget problems, badly, with, even even with all those budget problems, do you think they filmed that like after all the budget problems? Going, guys, this is a winner. We're gonna have this. This is the part of the budget meeting. They're gonna ha- they're gonna at the end be like, no, we're gonna hint that Skeletor's still alive, and we're getting a second movie at the very end. Or did you do you think they planned with that from the beginning? I think it was the plan the whole time. I don't know when they filmed it. They probably filmed it last because I doubt they had extra money for, you know, a bunch of extra prosthetic works. They probably had him do like as much as he could very quickly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, even that, that scene's just <laughs> it's, it's edited good. and cut very poorly. And I mean, it's not I guess it's not a lava pit. It's just like reddish water. I guess so. <laughs> you, know? you think it's a lava pit the whole time. Turns out he's just taking a bath. That's where the writers from the Dark Crystal come in. I'm having a bath. Um, <laughs> to have Skeletor yeah. do that in the end of the movie. <laughs> there is one That's ten times better, <laughs> right? There is one other thing in the movie that I do really like, and that's when all of He-Man's buddies t- t- use the key, the makeshift key, to transport back to Castle Grayskull, and they bring part of the car and the brick wall and all that, of was that cool, stuff. Yeah. That little set piece. I always thought that was really neat. I always thought that was a super cool idea. That probably wasn't easy to put together. Uh, Do you think those cool. are kept in tre- as treasures in Eternia? Yes. Somewhere in the With castle? With Lubbock. Well, I don't know. They did this time travel stuff, and everything was reset. So did that even happen? Except for their memories, right? Like, they're the only two that remember what happened. Everything else gets reset, and then, you know, the uh, the principal from Back to the Future just stays in Eternia. Yeah, that was weird, too. He's like... <laughs> I found this chick in like five minutes. I'm ready to be with her forever. So my baldness is attractive to her. And also every man in Eternia is cut like He-Man except for me. And she's interested in that. (laughs) She likes bald guys. Yeah, She likes short bald guys that don't have muscles. His whole character is just annoying. So annoying. Unnecessary. Like I hate the 
cop foil to the teenager. It's so badly done in this film, and it's just a bad trope overall. So he do cops could... usually just like take people's instruments for no reason? Yeah. Like only oh, Japanese we're gonna, synthesizers. We're gonna go down to this to the uh, music store and we're gonna check this out. Okay, really? Is that that's what cops do now? I mean, he's literally playing the same character as Back to the Future, except now he less principally. Le- I'm barely. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I actually, when he showed up on screen, I told my girlfriend, I was like, "Yeah, he's the principal." And then it turned out he was a cop. I was like, oh, never mind. He was a cop. Wrong movie. <laughs> My bad. Same character. But he seemed exactly the same. So he, He's exactly he the same. He didn't wear a police uniform. Like, right. You know. And nothing. I mean, to, if you watch Back to the Future, like, he ends up with a gun in the second one. It's true. You know, so. Yeah. Like, literally, it's the same character at this point. So. So if you guys had to give a letter grade to this movie. D plus. Really? Yeah. Okay. Derek? I mean, I was thinking like D, D minus. I'm going to give it a C because I Whoa. like how bad it is. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching this movie and going, wow, this is an experience for me. It really is. The last time I watched this was when I was like five. And now... <laughs> I watched it a lot as a kid, so I remembered a lot of it. I just didn't remember how bad it looked and how poorly edited it was i think after i saw it as a kid i was like i think i'd rather play with my toys (laughs) this was one of the movies we recorded off a tv so i I could rewatch it Mm. nice Nice. we didn't buy it mind you (laughs) nobody did (laughs) do you think they'll ever release this on 4k or blu-ray no I, I mean, it got an HD re-release. That's true. So yeah, I do actually. I oh think my that's god! If they do it, if they do it in 4K, you're gonna actually be able to see like all of Frank Langella behind the prosthetics. <laughs> It'll be like X-ray vision. Maybe they'll do what Disney did with the Tron movies, and they'll just release a box set with the new one and the old one, mm. just to screw with people. That's fun. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> all right, guys, that is gonna wrap us up for tonight. Oh, wait, wait, I have one final question. Oh, okay. So they are making a new Masters of the Universe? With Noah Centrino. Do you, w- given that we know really next to nothing about it, would you ever in any way want it to be a sequel to this one? No. Start over. Clean slate. No. Okay. No. I mean, they could do like a throwaway like tribute to the movie. You know, maybe have Dolph play like somebody in the background. Maybe it's, it can be Skeletor. It no. starts with Gildor's <sighs> funeral or something. Oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> or yeah, there's a gravestone with Gildor's name on it. You know? <laughs> or like the key is sitting in like an Asgardian throne room like in Thor when they walk mm. through like the trophy room and there's like all the funny. random stuff. I like that. What yeah, if you find out somewhere. that Orko murdered Gildor? <laughs> <laughs> and ate him. He's this actually t- cannibalistic. <laughs> I like the key idea. Oh, okay. Like well, fine. You also came up with Gwildor's funeral. I yeah, just exactly. Yeah, came up with why like we got brutally there. murdered. I was and just eaten like, by Orko. He just sadly died of old age. It would be a somber scene in the rain with all the X-Men. You know? <laughs> mm. Fucking storm. Mm. I swear to God. Why are we in the rain? Because <laughs> she was sad. No, because they forgot about her No, powers. when she cries, <laughs> the world cries. That's no. right. The, the clouds cry. That's what happens to Rosario Dawson in Men in Black 2. That's not what happens to Storm. Okay. So she's a better Storm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that all Alexandra you want? Ship, yeah. Is that all you wanted to say, Derek? Because it. she's getting ready to finish and she doesn't want to get interrupted again. No, that was it. 
All right, guys, that's going to bring us to a close for tonight. You can join us every week on Twitch, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can listen to the podcast every Thursday where podcasts are usually available, including Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, and Spotify, Google Play. You can follow Ryan at Buster Props. You can follow Derek at The Star Trek Dude. You can follow me at Siren Ray, all on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Screen Heroes Pod. You can follow Heroes Podcast at heroespodcast.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heroes Podcast. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week. Woman at Arms. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.